On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You may be seated. All right, good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's good to be with you uh, on our first mask optional Sunday. And as Jen mentioned, if you want a place uh, to worship where everybody will be wearing masks around you. That's what the West Balcony is for. Uh, one thing I'm really pleased about through all of this pandemic is that we did not miss one Sunday of online worship. And I, I'm just amazed, thankful, and baffled by that. And uh, I want to especially thank Donna Sandoval. The biggest part of the load of that fell on her our worship director, uh, she's upstairs in the tech booth being the TV producer, I think, right now. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Donna. And, and all our musicians for stepping up, and uh, Miss Leah, you know, recording children's times every week. Uh, and I want to thank all of you for your patience over these last 15 months. And of course, we know the pandemic's not completely over. We don't know what's going to happen, but, but hopefully it's very close. Um, and I know that some of you lost friends and family to COVID. And our hearts go out to you. I also feel very blessed that no one from Faith Westwood died from COVID. I'm kind of amazed, but thankful for that. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Show us our sin. Turn us around. Set us apart until we are wholly yours. Amen. You know, our atheist friends have a hard time coming up with good news. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't you think that makes sense, that our atheist friends have a hard time coming up with, with good news, but one group in England tried it. They paid for large ads to be put on London buses that read, there's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy your life. I thought that was just clever. You know, it's kind of funny, too. 
But without God, you know, you think of it, you and I are merely accidents. Without God, we are trapped in a meaningless existence that lasts only a blip of time. And that's more likely to lead to despair. Most religions don't have much good news either. Religions are good at giving advice. Here's how to live a more peaceful life, a more prosperous life, a more principled life. But Jesus came to bring us more than good advice. He came announcing good news. Something good has happened and is happening now, and it's going to be really good in the future. You know, getting to come to church without a mask, that's good news. But it pales in comparison to the best news the world has ever heard. And I want to share that gospel good news with you in four sentences. And after each sentence, I invite you to shout, Amen. You're going to do that for me? All right. The God, let's put it up on the screen here. Oop, we lost it. All right. Well, then I'm just going to cue you, okay? The God, the God who made us and loves us has kept his promise to Oh, there we are. Here we go. The God who made us and loves us has kept his promise to Israel and has come to rescue us in the God-man Jesus, winning the victory through his death and resurrection. Today, God is transforming us and the world, expanding Jesus' saving reign on earth. One day, Jesus will return and make all things new, uniting heaven and earth in one glorious eternal creation. Even now, God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on Jesus' people so we can join him in his project of restoration. My friends, this is good news. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And by the grace of God, we are good news people. We are shaped by this good news. We're joyful over this good news. We sing about this good news. And with all the bad news in the world today, we sure need this good news. And that's why so many of you keep John 3.16 in your heart and you keep it close at hand for whenever you might need to share it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Today, I want to share with you the heart of the message right up front here early in the message. Like last Sunday, it's a prayer. Here it is, and let's say it together, shall we? Lord, give me courage from the Holy Spirit to be a bearer and sharer of your good news. Now, I'm going to return to that a few times, but whenever we do, feel free to just say it with me, okay? Join in. When you, when you hand uh, your four-year-old a glass of milk and ask her to carry it across the room, how full will you fill it? Depends on the four-year-old. 
Maybe you'll fill it only halfway because in her four-year-old exuberance, it would be easy to spill some. When I was a child, um, there was a paper towel commercial on TV that featured a kid they called Stephen the Spiller. Any of you remember that commercial? Stephen the Spiller. That was unfortunate. <laughs> because I was a bit clumsy, and at our family table, I committed more than my share of spills. I still do. I did yesterday. But when it comes to good news, God is counting on us to spill some along the way. That's why we are filled to the, with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit so we can spill out some good news wherever we go. The New Testament in the Bible uh, starts with those four biographies about the life of Jesus, and then comes a book uh, called The Acts of the Apostles. It starts with Jesus' ascension into heaven, uh, and then in chapter 1, and then what happens after that with the Jesus movement, uh, beginning with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, in Acts 2. In chapter 3, uh, one day, a couple of Jesus' core disciples, now called apostles, Peter and John, head toward the temple in Jerusalem for the daily prayer time. Along the way, a beggar asks them for money. Peter and John are out of cash, but inspired by the Spirit, Peter says, I don't have any money, but here's what I can give you. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah of Nazareth, walk. And then Peter takes his hand and helps him up, and suddenly the man's feet and ankles become strong again. Now he can walk. Not only is he walking, but he starts jumping. And, and Peter seizes the opportunity to tell the watching crowd that the Jesus that they crucified is their promised Messiah. And at that moment, a bunch more people believe in Jesus and are devoting, devote themselves to him. Chapter 4. Peter and John are arrested for saying that Jesus was raised from the dead. And they're put in jail for the night. The next morning, uh, Peter and John are grilled by the Jewish high council called the Sanhedrin. And again, Peter does not back off. He tells them that, that Jesus is the cornerstone that they have rejected and that salvation is found only in his name. The 71 members of the Sanhedrin are amazed uh, at Peter and John, that they speak so courageously. And yet they want to get rid of these two guys. But what can they do? The, the, the healed man is right there in front of them. Finally, they warn Peter and John to stop telling people about Jesus. And again, the two speak boldly. They, they say to the council, who are we supposed to obey? You or God? As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Well, the leaders can't risk turning the crowd against them, so they simply warn Peter and John again and release them. The two apostles uh, return to the rest of the believers. Uh, at this point, there's about 5,000 Jesus followers in Jerusalem by then, uh, but I doubt if they went to a gathering that large. My guess is they went to the 120 who've been meeting and praying since before the Holy Spirit came. And when they 
uh, hear uh, Peter and John's story, they immediately go back into prayer mode. Luke, our author, summarizes their prayers. Second half of verse 24, they begin. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You know, I like this because the biggest part of good news is the message about who God is, right? That's the biggest part of the good news. Who is God? What is God like? And while others may believe in many gods or regional gods or capricious gods, not so with Jesus' people. From their Jewish upbringing, they believe that God is one and God is good. God created all and is sovereign over all, and God has a plan to restore all. And these disciples believe that the resurrected, the the rejection of the Messiah was foretold by the prophets. And somebody in the group in their prayer time uh, brings up kind of these spirit-inspired words from King David in Psalm 118. Why, let's put the, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Anointed one meaning Messiah. And this was fulfilled in Jesus. The the Jewish ruler Herod, the chief priest Caiaphas, the Roman governor Pilate conspired together against the Messiah. What they didn't know is that their treachery played right into God's hand. And that was the first part of their prayer. Kind of reminds me of the Lord's Prayer, how, you know, we start out honoring God, renewing our commitment to God's kingdom and God's will, and then we go into bringing our requests. And here in verse 29, we see the first request. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So they do not take these threats from the authorities as a sign that God has abandoned them. And that would that'd be kind of a thing to do. Lord, if, if, why, why are we getting into trouble if we're doing your will? Instead, they take it as a call to courage. And that's what they pray for. And that's what we pray for. Lord, give me courage from the Holy Spirit to be a bearer and sharer of your good news. Now, what surprises me there in Acts chapter 4 is that they do not pray for safety. Did you notice that? They don't pray, hear their threats and keep us safe. They pray, hear hear their threats and keep us bold. Now, obviously, they could pray for safety, and at times they would, I'm sure. But safety is not their first concern. And I predict that if you keep asking God to give you boldness to be a bearer and sharer of good news, God's going to give it to you. We see this kind of boldness throughout the book of Acts. Much of it tells about the apostle Paul who gets arrested and then shipped to Rome for trial, uh, shipwrecked along the way. He finally makes it to Rome, and the very last verse of the entire book of Acts says this. He proclaimed about Paul. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. 
let me be clear about something. Boldness is not badgering people. Okay? Boldness is not badgering people. Boldness is not being obnoxious. Our words must be gracious and winsome, not brash or arrogant. Paul told the Colossian sisters and brothers, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. In other words, not bland, but interesting, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, the Greek word that's translated boldness means being able to speak freely and not fearfully. Okay? Boldness means being able to speak freely and not fearfully. And, and it also means trusting God to give you the words to say when you need to say them. The whole, you know, I find, and people share with me stories about this, when the, the Holy Spirit will surprise you. When it's time to share a little good news, wow, you did better than you thought you would. That was the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. I, I mentioned this one other time, but... Uh, in the, in the wee hours early morning of November 2nd, 2019, I woke up and I couldn't fall back asleep right away. It happens once in a while. So I sat up in bed and decided I would pray for a bit. About 20 minutes later, uh, I tried, I thought, well, maybe it's time I could sleep again now. So just as I was pulling the covers over my shoulder, some words came to my mind very distinctly as if they were spoken to me and not from me. And those words were, do not fear. Proclaim the word boldly. I am working in the world and in this church and in you. Whoa. I got my attention. And I didn't want to forget those words, so I just kept repeating them over and over in my mind until I fell asleep. The next morning, I told Trish about it right away, and she said, you need to write that down. And so I did. Little did I know how often I would need that message over the next year and a half during the pandemic. And have to remind myself of it. Do not fear. Proclaim the word boldly. I am working in the world and in this church and in you. Lord, give me courage from the Holy Spirit to be a bearer and sharer of your good news. And I'm not just talking about sermons talking about conversations. I, I have a, a friend, and, I, and I'm trying, I'm hoping to be a, a blessing in his life, and uh, we, we text each other several times a week. I, I hope to get to see him this week. Uh, this, this week, this past week, one day, I, I had an idea to, to send him a Bible verse, which is not something I would usually do. He's open to faith, but he's not firmly in Jesus' camp either, Okay? And then I thought, oh, I don't know. 
Do I send it? Do I not send it? You know, he didn't ask for anything like this. Uh, well, it seemed kind of out of the blue, like, why are you doing this? And will it be pushy? It was hard to know. But I decided to take a chance that this was a nudge from the Holy Spirit, and I sent it. And a lot of you know these two verses from Philippians. Uh, for some of you, it's your favorite passage in the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And right away, he replied to me. That's just what he needed. I thought, wow. Cool. Thank you, Lord, you know. Lord, give me courage from the Holy Spirit to be a bearer and sharer of your good news. So in Jerusalem, Peter and John and the others are praying for God to continue to give them boldness. And then they ask that their words would be accompanied by miraculous signs. Verse 30, stretch out your hand. Now, that is Jewish language for asking God to do a miracle. You see it in the Psalms and other places. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I don't see miracles every day. I don't know that I see a, a really miracle that I would, you know, write it down and say, wow, this is a big miracle. I wouldn't know if I see one every year. Maybe see the little ones, but nothing... Anyway, but, but God does sprinkle them about from time to time, and often for the purpose of helping someone see that the good news is real, and it is true, and it is for them. And that's what these, uh, these believers are doing here. They are praying not for a specific miracle. At this point, they're just asking God to sprinkle some, some miracles, some signs, some wonders among them. In the name of Jesus. That is, that they will point people to Jesus. And verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they believed that whatever, whatever was rattling the building at that moment was more than a coincidental tremor. The timing was too perfect. This was God giving the amen to their prayer. It was God's way of saying, do not be shaken by their threats. I am counting on you to bear and share my good news. And then verse 31 adds, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God. How? They spoke the word of God boldly. You might say, Steve, I, I, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I want to do that. I can understand. I, I don't share with everybody. Um, I narrow my focus to a few people that God has put in my life, in my path. Sometimes I watch for them, but, I, but I'm not just broadcasting to everybody I see in, the, in, a, in a parking lot at the department store. 
I share with people I have a trusting relationship with. I share with those who are curious. I share with people who know that I genuinely care about them. And even then, I still have to pray for courage. If Peter and John had to pray for continued courage, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have to as well. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the good news of the gospel, this wonderful, beautiful news. You made us. You love us. You came to our rescue in the person of Jesus. Jesus, you have called us to be on your team, and here we are. We receive your forgiveness. We surrender our lives to you. Put us in the game, coach. Holy Spirit, fill us and let us overflow. Give us courage so that we spill out good news wherever we go. And now I want to give you a full minute of silent time to bring to God whatever's on your heart. And now I invite you to pray with me that this ancient prayer, we'll put it up here on the screen. Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Show us our sin. Turn us around. Set us apart until we are a holy yours. Amen.